How's it going, everyone? This is Dangerous Rhetoric, Episode 7. I am Dan. I'm Brentley. Welcome. Let's kick it off. So we have a couple stories lined up for you guys today. Um, and then we're going to shift. We're going to do what we did last time. So there's going to be a bunch of stories that we can talk about on YouTube. And then there will be the not YouTube-friendly stuff. Yeah, so you know, remember, when the episode cuts off, if you're watching this on YouTube, please go to our website at DangerousRhetoric.com, and you can find the entire episode there where we are going to talk about the more forbidden things that will get a strike against this account if we put it on here. So It'll also be on Spotify. And it'll be on Spotify, yeah. So... The first story that I have for you guys, there is a recount going on in Arizona right now, and it was temporarily suspended mm. because they called it a Republican vote audit Shocker. being conducted <laughs> by a Florida company led by a pro-Trump conspiracy theorist. That headline's funny, conducted by cyber ninjas. <laughs> this is from Business Insider, and this is on Friday, April 23rd. This, just got, this gives you an idea of how the media is framing these recounts, folks. Yeah. They're already proactively... Uh, attacking their credibility, uh, trying to assassinate their character by associating them with Trump and with conspiracy yes. theory. Are, you know, as everyone should know by now, is a term coined by the CIA to dismiss anything they don't want talked about. So, to give you the opposing viewpoint, there is a Democratic auditor. Uh, his name is John Brakey. And he was on Steve Bannon's war room. Uh, he's not being allowed to speak anywhere else. The media is not covering him at all. Yeah, he's and, a, a, and of course, because he's on Bannon, automatically he will be dismissed as like, oh, right-wing extremist and blah, blah, blah. And you can see he's associated with another group called uh, Audit USA. And his basic, uh, his basic approach is that they are going to do a hand recount of the paper ballots which cannot be, uh, you know, cannot be changed, and they have ways of detecting whether the paper ballots were uh, fraudulent or not. And so he's going to go through here, and this is from the 27th, today is April 29th, and they're going to see what they find. And they're doing multiple different audits, a bunch of different ways. His big point uh, on the war room, I'm not going to play the clip, there's like a 10-minute clip that you can find here. Um, if you just Google him, uh, he comes right up. <clears throat> it's on the Gateway Pundit which, you know, is one of those websites they don't like you to use. And uh, you can see it for yourself. And he basically says that they're doing a bunch of different audits different ways. And the whole idea is transparency. You know, they want to uh, confirm that the result was what it was, you know, what was said. And again, you have to be very careful talking about these things on YouTube because, you know, you're not allowed to question certain outcomes of certain things, basically. But here's i'm just reporting the news this is what's happening yeah. this guy is a democratic supporter we he's are treading dangerous water here though <laughs> yeah and he's a, he's a bernie sanders supporter um so i'll just leave it there yeah but you know i wanted to make a point about this though and what i find so weird about this whole thing and about the people on the left or the democrats who keep pushing back against these audits is you would think that you guys should be the first ones who want transparency and who want to know 100% that you won that election and that Trump is gone, right? So the fact that they keep pushing back against this and that they don't want transparency, they don't want any investigations, tells me that I think a lot of them deep down suspect that something was fishy, right? But it just... It, it boggles my mind, the hypocrisy, you know, especially because these are the same people who spent four years saying the election was stolen from Hillary and pushed basically a bullshit narrative in regards to Russia that had no real evidence to it. And it's like, you should want to know. Like, shouldn't you guys be the first ones who want to know if you actually won and if that guy is 
gone for good now, legitimately. You would think. Yeah, you would think, right? But, you know, if you question it automatically, you're a Trump supporter, you're alt-right, you're, you're whatever this, term. This, that, and the other thing. This, that, and the other thing, an insurrectionist, whatever the hell they need to dismiss you with. When it's just like, look, we just want the truth. We just want to know, was the election legitimate or not? And there's too many red flags to just be ignored. And I think if you're someone who values the truth, you should want to know too, even if you're not a Trump supporter, even if you don't like him, even if you hate him passionately. Don't you want to know, you know, what actually happened? They already know, Daniel. I think you can't they question. do. Do not question the results. Do not question the results. The results are unquestionable. The results are unquestionable. You conspiracy theorist, you. That was the most secure election ever. Most secure, most election, secure ever. election ever. The rules were totally not okay, changed. Moving last on. Minute. Moving ah. on. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> moving on. Hunter Biden yeah. is going to teach a class on fake news at Tulane University. <laughs> The epitome of irony. This is from yesterday. President Joe Biden's son, Hunter, landed a speaking gig at Tulane, where he will reportedly lecture a class called, quote, Media Polarization and Public Policy Impacts on Fake News. The 10-week course in the fall focuses on, quote, the current state of the media landscape in the United States and how media polarization, fake news, and economics of the new business impact public policymaking in Washington, D.C. Hunter, 51, is one of 10 guests scheduled to appear. The others include New York columnist Susan Glasser, Washington Post columnist Margaret Sullivan, CNN correspondent Kylie <laughs> Atwood, CNN, by the way, who totally was not recently exposed by yes, Project Veritas yes, doing yes. You can, shady you can and totally trust CNN. morally go, questionable things. Go ask Charlie Chester how much you can trust CNN. Uh, <laughs> love Project Veritas, I by the way. Shout man. out to Project this, Veritas. This shit is like, it's, it's almost like... Oh, wait. It's like satire, but they but have it's a not. Fox News political analyst, so yeah. it's fine. Yeah, so it's fine, right? Juan Williams, Margaret Brennan of CBS and Space totally Nation, and a former White House uh, thing that shall not be named task member, <laughs> Deborah Burks. Yeah. Uh, the Federalist attempt to reach Tulane University to understand how Hunter Biden has expertise in media or public policy went unanswered. Yeah. His memoir, Beautiful Things, was released April 6th and chronicles his struggle with addiction. Which hardly sold at all, by the way. And if you guys, I don't know if you guys remember or if you ever heard the story, but, you know, the president's son was exposed in a scandal back yeah. in October. It was Shh, it was the October it. surprise where there were pictures and video of yep. him doing not quite... Uh, how shall we say, um, yeah. legal things. Yeah, we'll, we'll be careful with this subject. And but, receiving uh, massages yeah. in his um, no-no special area by the um, feats of a lady. The video is out there. Go look it up. And yes, this dropped before the second debate, and there was a full was unified effort by big tech social media, censored. by mainstream media, to bury the story. And that alone should make everyone suspicious, right? Because we all know if that was Donnie Jr., it would have been everywhere on every single headline, every every front page story, but they totally buried it. And doesn't that make you suspicious? Hmm, it should, but yeah, I won't, I won't say any more about that because... So we're going to move on a little bit from politics, and we're going to talk about the Georgia Guidestones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely wanted to bring this up because it's kind of been trending a bit again. And it's a it, creepy catalog article. It's, first. it's something that, you know, I've actually known about for years. I was, you know, I've been into conspiracy stuff since high okay, school. I'm and I'm going to take us off yeah. of the... Sure, sure. You make it like a big screen. All right, so, you know, the Georgia Guidestones are actually really interesting. Um, they've been called America's most mysterious monument. And this is creepycatalog.com. 
So, you know, what the heck is this weird stone hedge-like structure in rural Georgia? Why do the messages inscribed on them predict the end of the world? <laughs> the Georgia Guidestones, also known as the American Stonehenge, are a massive granite structure in far eastern Georgia near the southern Carolina border. No one knows who paid for the construction of the Georgia Guidestones, nor what exactly is meant by the strange messages engraved on them. Here is the text inscribed in English on them. Right. So what do they say? Um, the following ten messages are inscribed on one of the structure's giant slabs. These ten messages are written on the guidestones in eight different languages. The languages are English, Swahili, Russian, Spanish, Sanskrit, Hebrew, Arabic, and Chinese. Although they are not numbered on the monument itself, they are presented in this order in every language. And the following messages are inscribed on the structure's giant slabs, and here they are. One. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. <laughs> and so, and just, just to be clear, folks, <laughs> in order to do that, there would have to be a lot, a lot of death. Of death. Or the current population of the planet is now approaching 7 billion, 8 seven, billion? No, we're past 7 billion, I believe. But there would have to be a massive amount of death, um, either caused by someone or by some cataclysmic population some cataclysmic um event you we're, know. yeah we're approaching it says we're approaching eight eight billion people eight, yep so you know something like a cataclysmic thing or a nuclear war or something like that would have to happen but it's very interesting that this is the first quote-unquote commandment on or the stone plague. Yeah, or a plague which, you know, maybe... Continue. <laughs> guide, uh, number two, guide reproduction wisely, improving fitness and diversity. Mm, Daniel, what does that sound like to you? Sounds like eugenics to me. What's eugenics, Daniel? Um, eugenics is, you know, a philosophy that came about, I think, in the turn of the century, the 20th century. Early 20th. Early 20th century, in which they believed that they could, you know, basically genetically modify people to weed out the worst the worst genetics and to kind of <laughs> create the best people right very german and it's false. well not german nazi german but nazi yeah so you know they 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 believe basically that they want to weed out anyone who's like disabled or has any kind of like impairment or something so they can create mental, a human, illness. mental illness so they can create a humanity that is more perfect and lean and fit and superior for example creepy creepy um, number three, unite humanity with a living new language. Number four. Ooh, you know what that sounds like to me? What? That sounds like the way they're changing words. Yeah. Well, yeah. Number four, rule, passion, faith, tradition, in all things with tempered reason. I wonder what tempered reason yeah. is. Number five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. And yeah, that one sounds kind of nice, right? Number six, let all nations rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. See, hold on. I'm reading all of these things like yeah. like between the lines yes. or like a little bit different. You know, they, they don't actually mean like what they seem to say mm -hmm. on the surface. Like these things can all be like twisted and yeah. distorted. You know, fair laws and just course. That sounds great. Yeah. But, you know, what does that sound like to me? It sounds like new laws yeah. and new courts and that we are already, influenced you know, by we already a have new the, ideology. The United Nations, too, in regards to, you know... Yeah, they say, yeah, let nations court. rule internal, uh, rule internally, resolving external disputes in a world court. Yeah. That sounds like there needs to be some new high authority mm -hmm. that has authority over 
or or a quote-unquote one world government or the new world order as some like to call it Um, number seven avoid petty laws and useless officials Mm. (laughs) who gets to determine that right number eight balance personal rights with social duties number nine prize truth beauty love seeking harmony with the infinite hold on number eight sounds like yeah. communism to me yeah it does balance and, and number number nine number nine sounds lovely but it also sounds like you know to rule by an esoteric elite who gets determined gets to determine what this harmony with the infinite will look like and then number 10 be not a cancer on the earth leave room for nature leave room for nature <laughs> So, I mean, you guys can make this stuff what you will, right? Um, Where are they? They're located in Georgia, about 30 miles from the college town of Athens and 90 miles from Atlanta, where the closest major airport, which also happens to be the world's busiest airport, is located. Um, Who made them? So, it's kind of mysterious. They don't totally know who made them. The stones are nearly a quarter million pounds of granite. You know, which was used to make them. No one knows who paid for their construction. As the story goes, an elegant, well-spoken, well-dressed, and gray-haired man who identified himself only as R.C. Christian appeared at a granite company in nearby Elberton, Georgia one day, requesting a quote on the project. Figuring he was some nut, the granite specialist purposely claimed a ridiculous price, figuring Mr. Christian, quote-unquote, would balk. Instead, Mr. Christian agreed to the price. Clearly, these people have a lot of money. R.C. Christian allegedly presented builders with a shoebox containing a wooden model of the monument along with 10 pages of extremely detailed specifications. And let me just note here, you know, some, well, it says it in the text, but some people think the name R.C. Christian could be a reference to the, you know, Rosicrucian. And I don't know if anyone's familiar with the Rosicrucian order. What are the um, Rosicrucians, Dan? The Rosicrucian Order was a, a, a quote-unquote secret society that came about in, uh, I think, the 1600s, I believe, and started producing pamphlets and stuff, basically calling for any members out there who could find them to join the Order, and they wanted to create a sort of universal brotherhood of, of spiritual enlightenment and such. And, you know, I don't know if the Rosicrucians are connected to this or... You know, scholars don't even know if they're totally real or not. If you want to know more about this stuff, I suggest reading the books by Manly Palmer Hall, who's written extensively about the Rosicrucians, and um, Arthur Edward White as well. Um, but yeah, it says here, you know, some people suspect the Rosicrucian order financed the project since Rose Cross Christian, a.k.a. Christian Rosencruz, was the founder of the mystical society, the Rosicrucian order, and many suspect that the Rosicrucians were financing the building of the Georgia Guidestones. So seated at the highest point in the entire county, the monument was precisely engineered to track the movements of the sun and stars. Depending on where they stand and which slots or holes they peer through, visitors can see the sunrise during an equinox or solstice or locate the North Star. And this is interesting because a lot of ancient monuments are, are constructed exactly the same way to, you know, to mark the equinox, to mark the solstice, and very precisely aligned to these, you know, oriented to these directions. The project builders had to sign a legal agreement never to reveal the identity of the financiers. They also swore to destroy all legal papers regarding the Guidestones' construction once the project was finished. 
Others suspect that Ted Turner financed the project since Ted Turner of CNN fame is located a mere 100 miles away in Atlanta and since many of his stated globalist goals reflect the message of the Georgia Guidestones. It's also been suggested that he is the mystery patron behind the giant granite slabs. And who knows, right? What do they mean? I mean, a lot of people have many different interpretations of what these things mean. Uh, the message seems to call for at least 90% of the Earth's population to be wiped out. The passage about maintaining humanity at a population of a half billion or less would require a massive dying off of humanity, the likes of which we've never seen. And I mean, that's not totally true. I think perhaps in the past we have seen something like this, but that's another subject. This is what has led many conspiracy theorists to allege that whoever financed the Guinestones, they are in cahoots with an evil New World Order project to extensively depopulate the planet. <clears throat> but since whoever paid for the... Go watch Utopia yeah. on Amazon Prime. <laughs> watch Utopia, guys. Very interesting show. Um, got canceled after one season. I wonder why. That's it. Go. Yeah. Next. But since whoever paid for their construction was able to not only hide their identity, but also their intentions for construction, this extremely bizarre monument... They actually mean, the, they, what they actually mean is anyone's guess. Um, this right-wing pundit, Mark Dice, you guys have probably seen Love him Mark Dice. And he's funny, he, he does this funny. these funny, like, gotcha videos with people and kind of reveals how dumb people actually are. But he claims they are a, quote, deep satanic, of deep satanic origin. And that R.C. Christian was a member of a, quote, Luciferian secret society that with ties to the New World Order. Urging that the Guidestones be smashed into a million pieces, he elaborated, The elite are planning to develop successful life extension technology in the next few decades that will nearly stop the aging process, and they fear that with the current population of Earth so high, the masses will be using resources that the elite want for themselves. The Guidestones are the New World Order's Ten Commandments. They're also a way for the elite to get a laugh at the expense of the uninformed masses, as their agenda stands as clear as day and the zombies don't even notice it. And Hey, I mean, you can make of that stuff what you will. Um, certain radical Christians have referred to the messages inscribed in the Guidestones as the Ten it's Commandments the I don't know if you need to of the Antichrist. Yeah, this. but... Um, there's some interesting facts about it too, like Yoko Ono called the Guidestones a stirring call for rational freedom. <laughs> she cut a tribute track in 1993 called Georgia Stone. Um, the stones were defaced with graffiti in 2008. Um, the spray-painted message was death to the new world order. And if you go on Wikipedia, you guys can find a picture of that. Small, um, low-res picture, but whatever. Yeah. Apparently, a mysterious time capsule is allegedly buried nearby. <clears throat> There's a tablet, a tablet erected near the guidestones that claims that a time capsule is buried beneath the tablet. Although there is no proof the capsule really exists, and no suggestion was written on it, because on the tablet there's no dates put on there. You know, it says buried with no date, and then opened with no date. So. Um, and, but I was thinking, you know, there, there's certain technology we have, right, where we can kind of blast sonic waves into the ground and see if there are like any crevices or openings lidar yeah lidar and i think uh, uh egyptologists are trying to do that to find if there's you know a secret chamber under the feet of the sphinx which has been theorized for a while but yeah um during an equinox or solstice those who stand at the west side of the male slot carved into the guidestone can see the sunrise over the horizon um, the four outer stones are positioned to mark the okay, limits. This is all redundant. Yeah, I mean, I suggest you guys go read about them. They're they're very interesting and mysterious. They were designed to withstand catastrophes and cataclysms in mind. So, 
Again, you can make of this what you will, but it is not a conspiracy theory. These stones do exist. They are real. They've been there since 1980, and, you know, many of us have known about them for a while. But they're trending now again because of, well, all the stuff going on in the world. We should do right? a field trip there sometime. We should do a field trip there. I'm so down to go, go drive there. Maybe we'll do an episode, a special episode from the Georgia Guidestones. Okay, moving on. Um, so I don't know if you guys saw, but there was some really nasty video of a Asian man being assaulted in East Harlem in New York's in New York streets, and they this this person knocked him over and then like stomped his head repeatedly, and they caught the guy. So I just wanted to share with you. His name was Jared Powell. That was the assaulter. He was arrested. Um, you know he hasn't been convicted yet, but we shall see what happens. Uh, his wife spoke out. This is, you know, how, where he's doing right now. He's all sort of banged up. Uh, there was a rally to support him and to, to condemn anti-Asian hate. Um, <clears throat> Jared Powell, 49, who was homeless and has served prison time. And this is a, a big thing that's happening in New York right now. They let a lot of people out of jail. Um, there is no room for homeless or mentally ill folks that are potentially violent to be housed. And, you know, no facilities for them because of the virus that shall not be named. And um, it was uh, it was really bizarre. The police say that there's no evidence um, that Powell was attacked first or that he and the victim who that he assaulted knew each other. It seems to be just a random attack on a man. Um, he says that, you know, he claimed that he was maced or attacked, but there's no evidence of that. Video Friday night shows uh, that Ma, an immigrant from China, was collecting cans to support his family after losing his job during the uh, the, the the thing that <clears throat> we can't talk. Um, he was collecting cans to make rent because the system would not support him when he got laid off for his job as a dishwasher. No unemployment checks for him. We failed uh, Jared Powell and in the black and brown communities as well. Kim said, yeah. Powell is facing hate crime charges, adding to the spike in anti-Asian hate crimes in New York City. Uh, NYPD data from April 16th shows year-to-date 66 incidents compared to 12 well, this time last year. I guarantee is, you, though, if that guy was white who stopped him, be everywhere. everywhere. Oh, everyone yes. be talking about it. There'd be protests everywhere. It fits the narrative, right? Fits the narrative. But fits this the, doesn't the narrative. fit the narrative. They don't want to mention the fact that statistically... Most of the Asian hate crimes are coming from black men. But thankfully, in just one day, $400,000 was raised for the victim's family. That's awesome. An organizer said that even with their extreme need, their immediate response was to ask if they could give some to community groups to doing preventative work. Nice. If you want to help, you could find a GoFundMe here. Excellent, so, excellent. I'll just show you guys. This is the GoFundMe. Cool. It's called Help and Support for Yao Pan Ma. They've raised over half a million dollars I so love far. when stuff like this happens because it shows the... Oh positive side of don't let me forget the that, that hotel story i want to talk oh about. yeah yeah we'll talk about uh the quartering and jeremy and what he's doing for that guy but uh, you know I, I love when this stuff happens when you know something terrible happens but you know people use the internet to unify and to, to help someone in need who's been you know in in some kind of tragic situation and obviously there's the reverse you know sometimes the internet is a vicious place and something comes out and people get attacked on the internet but I, I do love when something positive comes out of it and people can raise money and help someone else. And Were you pulling up the story? Yeah, I'm going to yeah. pull it up now. Yeah, I mean, we might as well talk it's about it along because the be, same lines. it connects to this. And You know, so where was this hotel located? Um, boop, boop, doo, shibu. Yeah. 
So <clears throat> there was this terrible thing. I saw it on Twitter first. So let me just pull up the tweet for you guys. This is Tariq Nasheed. He is a notorious race grifter. Uh, he calls himself a foundational black American. Uh, he's a, a quote-unquote journalist. He identifies as the number one world's race baiter. Wow. And he Those quote, ra baits racists and exposes them. Right. Like yourself, right? So this tweet is still up, and I kind of want you people to see it. It's short. Yeah. This is the video and, that and was look, recorded. We don't mean to further embarrass the guy either, you know, and Jeremy mentioned this too, and, you know, he was only showing it just, just to show the situation, right, and to make the point. And it's on the internet already. There's no taking it back. But this is, this is what happened, you know? So let me just show this to you guys. Because you all made a mistake? Not really, no. So you want to get mad and hit the computer because you made a mistake? Because your company made a mistake? You want to take it out on me? So why did you get mad and hit the computer? Why did you get mad and hit the computer? I'm sure you on camera, right? I'm sure you on camera. And then he snaps. This poor guy, man. So this is the type of people they have working here. He said you ruined my life, man. You ruined my whole life. Why? Yeah. You know, because he knows he's recording this. And he knows he's going to put you it on the internet. And then, as if that's not enough, Goes, goes around, the counter, around the counter to continue, continue recording filming. this guy as he has a having a breakdown. By the way, it's three in the morning while this is taking place. Three in the morning. Imagine you're working graveyard shift, right? And your computer malfunctions. You already have mental issues. You're already working your ass off. You're, who knows what's going on in this guy's life? And you're being harassed by this guy. And then he's trying to make it into a racial thing. Um, this is not cool, man. There's nothing cool about this. And Piece I of shit. I don't have it pulled up right now, but... What, Jeremy's video? No, not Jeremy's video. But there was a... Um, there was a Reddit post from this young man where he, um, you know, he says that he has um, bipolar with schizoaffective tendencies. You know, clearly he has mental issues, mental problems. And this was also at 3 a.m. in the morning at the tail end of his shift. Um, and this this guy that was harassing him, you know, for a problem that was not his fault. It was a problem in their computer system, in their reservation system. And this guy had called him a um, bundle of sticks. The F word. Yes. You know. the, the infamous not nice word for gay people. For people like us. And, you know, this the, he also says that he is gay. He had, you know, he is, he is a homosexual yeah. male. And that would, that would be like him using the N word against that guy. Right. And so, you know, this guy just, like, he was also apparently uh, a little person. He was 5'5". Five five. And so he, it seems that he enjoyed rather humiliating this guy as if he's some sort of, you know, or, or just, you know, like presuming that just because that he has white skin, that he's some sort of avatar for the, you know, quote unquote, institutional racism. And this is the problem with critical race theory and the problem with this, this new sort of white privilege, white guilt, yeah, whiteness narrative that it, it prompts people 
to view individuals as if they are, you know, caricature representations of this, you know, this system that is apparently holding them back or holding them down or oppressing them or whatever. And this guy has mental problems and he's a minority, you know? It's just unbelievable that somebody would treat somebody like that in public. Critical race theory just takes all nuance out of viewing the world. It removes all the individual things that happen in a person's life and it's just, you know, I, I brought this up before, but like someone like my mom who has cerebral palsy, you know, every single day struggles in her life. Pale as a ghost. You're get, you know, anyone who tells me that someone like LeBron James is oppressed and then someone like my mom is benefiting from her white privilege because of her skin is is an idiot, is, is willfully blind, does, refuses to see the nuances of the situations in the world and the fact that everyone struggles in, in, in their own different particular way and life is inherently suffering and no one is free from that. But if you want to carry on this victim mentality of blaming everything, everyone else in society for the reason why your life is shitty, you're not going to get very far in this world. You know, you're not going to get very far. So Jeremy Hambly of The Quartering did a couple of videos on it. Yeah. Um, the most recent one, I'm just going to show you guys the page for it. Um, and here it is it's called Instant Karma. Berated Holiday Inn employee wins and big wins big, and Tariq Nasheed roasted by his own community. As he should be. Uh, yeah. So basically, a lot of people uh, were not happy. I don't know if you guys noticed, but on the original Twitter page, you can see the ratio right here is pretty much. It's a little bit more than two to one. Twenty thousand almost comments. Uh, 13,000 retweets to about 7.7 thousand likes. So clearly more than double um, the amount of comments and uh, I just can't believe he hasn't taken this down yet. And you know, Hambly did the right thing. He started a GoFundMe for this guy because this guy decided to quit. And when I last looked at it, it had raised over $10,000, and now we're up to $121,000, almost $122,000 for this poor kid. Yeah. And the original goal was only 5000 Which is great, you know. Again, I love when this sort of thing happens when the internet gets used for something positive, you know, and, and they help this guy. Like, Jeremy was like, let's make this guy, you know, famous. Let's, let's, let's make this guy rich. Let's, you know, show the world that, that there are still good people out there, you know, and let's push back against this division, this, this stupid white privilege BS narrative and, you know, show them that there are nuances in situations like this. And it's not always that, oh, the black guy is oppressed and the white guy is the oppressor. Like, come on, man. Yeah, so he says that he quit the position. Uh, well, management did support him and told him he was welcome back. The guest was ejected from the hotel for escalating issues with staff and the owners. He does have mental disorders, suffers from bipolar disorder, schizoaffective disorders. What this fine gentleman behind the camera didn't record was the fact that he called him a bundle of sticks for an associate's mistake. He was aggressive and fishing for a reaction. He sure got it. I'm glad this was a wake-up call for me to stop slaving away for corporations who do not care about you at all or the guests. Let's give him enough of a head start on finding a job, Hambly says, and where people don't treat him terrible, he can take a nice little vacation. You know, our friend made a point too, you know, but did the hotel chain make a statement about this? Because I think them not making an actual statement about this saying like, hey, you know, this type of behavior from our guests is not welcome in our business and this guest is no longer welcome in our business. And if they didn't, I think they better think about that themselves. Yeah, they should have banned that guy for life. Yeah, that guy should be banned from this hotel chain for life, you know. 
So it was nice to see that little that that frown turn upside down. What was the worker's name? Uh, his name is not named. Caleb C. It says fundraiser on behalf of Caleb. Well, shout out to Caleb, man. We see you and we see you. We you support know, you. We're we happy that you got you. some money. We're happy. We hope you get more money. And man. and it's nice to see that even though this was a terrible, terrible thing, that that there was some magic, a little yeah. alchemy involved. Yep. It turned around into a positive, and and it's helping yeah. you move forward with your life. And shout out to you know Jeremy and the quartering, and we love your show, and we think what you did is awesome, man. And I, I hope we're one day in a position where we can help someone in this way too. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, really cool, man. Um, really cool. All right, so, moving on, moving, moving on. Moving on. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're, this we're is the... Talking about the Asian hate thing. Well, we also... I'm a big fan of George Alexopoulos. Yeah. He's G-Prime85 on Twitter. You should follow him. You should support him. He makes the best political cartoons. This was one he made regarding this guy he was stopping. And, you know, it's it's this interesting division here because it's like, you know, the, the narrative we're being sold is Black Lives Matter, while we have mostly it's African-American individuals, African-American males uh, that are, you know, mentally ill or whatever. That I'm, are- I'm going to describe it just for the listeners. But the first panel, you know, it shows the black guy stomping the Asian dude. Um, the next panel, you know, the Asian guy saying someone help. And then in the third panel, it's the meme with the two buttons, and the hand is hovering over it. And in one button, it says hashtag Stop Asian Hate. And the other button, it says hashtag Black Lives Matter. And then the fourth panel, the guy is rubbing the sweat off his head because he doesn't know which one to click. So, And it's interesting because I, I've seen all these people touting the Stop Asian Hate movement, and they were out there protesting. And you know, I even have friends who were out there protesting for it. And it was all under the guise of stopping white supremacy, anti-white supremacy, that white supremacy was the thing leading to all of this. Zero mention of the fact that statistically it was more black men who were committing these crimes against Asians. Nothing. Why? Because the media paints it in that way. And again, Charlie Chester said it in the undercover reveal by Project Veritas that they knew about these numbers, right? CNN knew. And they deliberately downplayed it in order to paint BLM in a more favorable light. And just let that sink in, man. Because reality is a lot more nuanced than yes. what the media wants. They, they could constantly present these, these black and white narratives. These, these, it's, it's one way or the other. You know, they, they use the pro and anti framing. Okay. Like it's the one thing now that I've heard in regards to critical race theory. I was uh, debating with a critical race theorist, sociology professor on Twitter yesterday, and he was labeling people that disagree with critical race theory as anti CRTers. And it's very similar to how we hear, you know, like anti vaxxers or pro Trump. It's, it's, it, they, they, put you into one yeah. box or the other and just immediately get rid of any nuance as if, you know, there's 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 not allowed to have nuance or you're not allowed to discuss the details or get yeah. into things. That's why we want to do a podcast. Yep. Yeah. We're we're not gonna stand for this crap, man, and we're we're not gonna bend a knee to these people. I just I refuse. I refuse. <clears throat> and speaking of shadiness on social media, um, there was a story that came out. It, it was just like a drop in the bucket, and then it vanished, and there wasn't really much talk about it, so I wanted to bring it up here. U.S. Postal Service reportedly tracking Americans' social media posts. This is hmm. from April 22nd. Uh, today, again, is the 29th. 
And it says the U.S. Postal Service is running a shadowy surveillance program that tracks American social media posts, including ones about planned right-wing protests, a report revealed Thursday. The so-called Internet Covert Operations Program enlists the law enforcement arm of the USPS, which I didn't even know they had a law yeah, enforcement that's arm, interesting. to hunt down, quote, inflammatory posts made by groups ranging from the Proud Boys to demonstrators protesting the, uh, it can't be named, lockdowns. Yeah, the virus lockdowns. Uh, according yeah. to documents attained by Yahoo News. Notice no mention of BLM or Antifa or any of those left-wing groups. Right, those are fine. Yeah. Those are fine. Those are fine. Totally fine. Totally They're fine. fighting for freedom and justice and all that stuff. They're totally not you cannot condemn them. things you are a white supremacist. things, and if you criticize them, you are a, a racist, bigoted, Nazi, white supremacist, Trump-supporting, dog-shit-eating jerk. Okay, that's a little <laughs> far, Daniel. I'm just saying that. Um... Posts deemed threatening are then sent to federal, state, local law enforcement agencies to be monitored, the outlet reported. Quote, locations and times have been identified for these protests, which are being distributed online across multiple social media platforms to include right-wing-leaning parlor and telegram accounts, says a government bulletin marked as law enforcement sensitive on March 16th. Quote, no intelligence is available to suggest the legitimacy of these threats. The warning sent from U.S. Postal Service to the DHS, Department of Homeland Security, Department of Homeland Security, was in reference to the worldwide rally for freedom and democracy planned by QAnon-linked groups in Washington, D.C. on March 12th. I don't know. QAnon-linked groups. Yeah, what whatever. That mean? It's just like, you know, anybody anybody concerned about child trafficking by the elite is immediately being slandered as a QAnon which crazy. Is, which is why, you know, Brent and I believe that QAnon was most likely a psyop. It was a psyop. You know? It was and, a psyop designed to paint anybody concerned about child trafficking, the Jeffrey Epstein situation. The election any of that stuff you're automatically you're automatically crazy with those those people and it just makes it easier to make labor character label and dismiss and dismiss you right because no oh, discussion. You, we, we can't talk about those things they don't happen ever you know and if you talk about that you must be reading q stuff and you're a q believer which you know we've been accused of multiple times and so here we are on the record saying q is a psyop don't buy it man uh, it's not clear at all why their mandate would include monitoring of social media, and that's unrelated to the use of the postal system, said Rachel Levinson-Waldman, Deputy Director of the Brennan Center for Justice's Liberty and National Security Program. Quote, if the individuals they're monitoring are carry out, carrying out or planning criminal activity, that should be the purview of the FBI, she told the outlet. Quote, if they're simply engaging in lawfully protected speech, even if it's odious or objectionable, then monitoring them on, the base, on that basis raises serious constitutional mm -hmm. concerns, namely the Fourth Amendment, our right to privacy, First Amendment, right to free speech, right to address our government with, uh, or right to redress concerns. All that good stuff. University of Chicago law professor Joffrey Stone, appointed by President Barack Obama to review the NSA data, said it's a, quote, mystery why the mail agency would be tasked with rooting out problematic protesters. Quote, I just don't think the Postal Service has the degree of sophistication that you would want if you were dealing with national security issues of this sort. That part is puzzling. There are many other agencies that could do it, FBI, DHS, and so on. So uh, the story goes on. I'm not yeah. going to read the whole thing. But look, it's concerning because, you know, under Stalin... You know, in, in communist Russia, this is what they did. They monitored people's mail. They opened people's letter. If you if you guys have ever read the Gulag Archipelago by Alexander Solzhenitsyn, then you would know that this was how Solzhenitsyn himself ended up in the Gulag. He he wrote a letter to a friend, and in the letter he basically criticized Stalin and some of the things that were happening. But he himself was part of the Red Guard. You know, he was in in the Soviet army. 
but he just made one little criticism in his letter. They intercepted the letter. They opened it and read it. Bam. Off to the gulag. the gulag. Off to the gulag. So, look, this is not a precedent we want to set in this country. And if you are okay with this, then you should really sit back and ask yourself, you know, why? Why are you okay with this sort of thing? Why are you okay with the stripping of our civil liberties? I... I have nothing else to say, man. And moving on, there was an interesting article that I wanted to mention. This is from 10 years ago, but it's still relevant. U.S. spy operation that manipulates social media. Military's sock puppet software creates fake yep. online identities oh, to yeah. spread pro-American propaganda. I'm not going to like get into it yeah. because we're like kind of getting close. It's been to going on for years. Like, this story is from what, 2011? Yeah, so this is this story is from 10 years ago, and Brent and I have encountered these people constantly on the internet. And you can kind of identify sometimes when when an account on Twitter or something looks really suspicious or it looks like it's just being inserted there to make people argue or to sow disinformation or to discredit particular points of view and you know it's known these these programs do exist they do um, moving on, I wanted to talk just a little bit about the LeBron situation again, uh, just because Dion Joseph is the most amazing, big, black, beautiful yeah. cop that wrote this letter to LeBron, an open letter, um, basically criticizing his Facebook post and said... It's going a little viral right now. Where is it? Do, 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 do. Didn't he, like, answer one of your comments or something? Um, I don't. Hold on. Dear LeBron, I'm not going to come at you from a place of hatred. There will be no name-calling. I was raised to see the whole of a human being, not to hyper-focus on their flaws or to make said flaws the whole of who they are. I am an honest man. What you do for children, other acts of charity, shows you have a huge heart. You, sh you show to be a family man. That's to be respected. You play for the team. My family has cheered for since the 60s and myself since 1979. But your current stance on policing is so off-base and extreme. Your tweet that targeted a police officer in Ohio who saved a young woman's life was irresponsible and disturbing. It showed a complete lack of understanding of the challenge of our job in the heat of a moment. He continues, you basically put a target on the back of a human being who had to make a split-second decision to save a life from a deadly attack. A decision I know he and many others wish they never had to make, especially when it involves someone so young. Instead of apologizing, you deflected. You said you took your tweet down because you did not want it to be used for hate when the tweet itself was the embodiment of hatred rooted in a lack of understanding of the danger of the situation. I don't know if this will ever reach you, but my hope is that one day I can sit down with you and talk. As a man of faith, I have no hatred towards you, but I do feel I can help you understand the reality of the profession of policing, and there is another side you need to hear. You are tired of black folks dying, so am I. You hate racism and police brutality, so do I. But you cannot hate 800,000 men and women who are of all races, faiths, sexual orientations, and all who are also mothers, fathers, sons, daughters, preachers, coaches, community members, and just humans with such a broad and destructive brush. Unlike some who have dug in their heels in the belief that a police are inherently evil, I think if you yourself actually sat down and had a real honest open conversation with a cop, there's a strong chance you may discover we are not the monsters you have come to believe we are, who deserve the hate and disdain you have. And he goes on. But this is the point, and you know, I, I really like this guy. He comes from a really good place. You know, he, he's an officer himself. Um, and, and just to imagine, imagine, you know, we just found out that uh, the officer, his name is Nicholas Reardon, hit, hit, if he's 23 years he's old. Only 23. He's been on the force only 16 months. Yeah. And he he's he comes from a military background. You know, he's very rooted in service. Um, and just imagine that you were him, that you had to make that terrible decision and you were being called a racist and a white supremacist by the president's office, by 
people all over the media and on Twitter who have no idea what it's like to be in your shoes and who basically make, made a snap judgment based on a biased and, and ridiculously overblown media coverage. Who we see the media distorts the facts, as we said last time, you know, they, they edited footage to make it look more, more, uh, more racial than it was. And it just blows my mind, yeah. this poor kid. Um, I feel, I mean, I feel bad for him. I feel for this guy. And, you know, again, we, we do know, and I'm going to state it again, we know there are cases where the cops are in the wrong, and it does happen. And, and we know that, you know, police have a sort of monopoly on, on violence in regards to the state, and they're there to sort of enforce the rules of the state. But at the end of the day, you know, they're supposed to be there to protect our constitutional rights, and there are cops who hold themselves to that oath. So you, you can't paint all of these guys as, as horrible, evil Gestapo abusers. And, you know, granted, I do think the ones who are imposing these lockdown mandates, for example, should be called out on that. Um, I yeah, don't there are think problems. There are problems with police. I think, I think if a law is unjust, the police should maybe step back and say, hey, I, I don't feel right enforcing this. But... It's a nuanced issue. It's nuanced. And They're again, humans. we're seeing this whole ACAB, A-cab. You know, this whole paint them all with a broad brush. And it's not like that. And, and what people don't seem to realize is that if we just get rid of the police, there's going to be a power vacuum. Yeah. And, and who his, places them? Historically, when there is a power vacuum, something will fill it. And if you don't have a tight-knit you know, community where you and your neighbors are, you know, you know, armed and able to defend yourselves then something else will come in and take its place that and we're always seeing it happen in a places like minneapolis and places like portland where they have these autonomous zones where antifas now are the new uh the new police and they are unaccountable they are violent and they are fueled by ideology and this is very, very similar to what happened in Germany in the mid-20th century. You know, the brown shirts began to replace the local sheriffs mm-hmm. and constables, and they became the law. And what followed that? So just be careful with what you wish for, folks, because you might actually get it yeah. along those lines. You're playing with fire, man. You're playing with fire. Um, this is Patrice Conkoulers. Uh, she is a big fighter. Big freedom fighter. Big, you know, BLM person. And it's just been revealed that big tech has been bankrolling her charities which you know and and what happens to that money it says here philanthropists like facebook and twatter and netflix have donated more than 7.5 million to a host of nonprofits controlled by concolors not suspicious at all who has helped them lobby for quote net neutrality the issue of net neutrality is about who controls the internet uh goes on da 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 she began lobbying for it in 2014 and net neutrality sounds great until you realize that it's basically about empowering companies and isps to determine what is and is not allowed to be shared on the internet um it's actually like you know one of those things which is like the opposite of what they they claim it to be telecommunications companies are very clear that that discrimination is a lucrative business she wrote in her op-ed um and that's why we've lined up seemingly strange bedfellows to oppose an open and free internet. Jesse Jackson, National Urban League, Comcast, Verizon, AT&T, Donald Trump Center, and Cruz have teamed up to change the internet to an unequal one in which black voices may have to pay more to be heard. So this is like the narrative that they're alleging. Yeah. 
but it's the opposite. The what they're opposite. doing is that they're censoring anything that questions mm -hmm. their narratives. Like, wasn't Facebook burying the story of her and her mansions? Yeah, when I that think came out? Facebook. Yeah, so there was another story about how she bought like four properties, and the the, the link to the New York Post article was censored on Facebook. Yeah. You couldn't share it. Same thing on Twitter. And I think James O'Keefe is organizing a lawsuit too in regards to that, right? Uh, Something like that. He did mention it, so I think they're going to try to take take that on. I'm not sure. Yeah. So, but anyway, basically, when it comes down to is, yeah, here we go. Patrice Ann Quinn, the wife of billionaire Netflix co-founder, donated 250 to reform LA channels earlier year. They donated 300,000, Dollars, more than a quarter of its budgets to companies controlled by Conkellers and her wife, as well as writer Asha Bandali and Damon Turner, the father of her young son, according to the PAC's campaign finance statements obtained by the Post. The largest payments, 173000 went to Bandil, the Brooklyn-based co-writer of, quote, When They Call You a Terrorist, Conkellers, 2018 memoir, according to the filings. The PAC paid, so they're basically taking all these donations from these large tech companies and giving them out to her friends and family and, and to the tune of six and five-figure amounts very curious it's yeah. and, and these are people that claim to be uh claim to be you know marxist socialist progressives and here they are oh, raking laughable, in man. you know hundreds of thousands or millions of yeah. dollars oh they sure do hate capitalism right but they're benefiting from it greatly um yeah and then she she came out to defend you know people are criticizing the fact that she was buying multiple properties uh, she tearfully defended her $3.2 million real estate empire, insisting she didn't use a penny of BLM donations right. on herself. That's a lie. Uh, never taken a salary. Okay, yeah, so she didn't take a salary, but what she did was they paid companies that she controlled and then took money from them. Uh, so, And then anybody who points this out is she immediately accuses of white supremacy. Whereas a, yeah, that's their go-to dismissal. Uh, yeah, label and dismiss. Yeah, can't uh, criticize these people. Oh, you you claim to be a Marxist. Oh, you say you know, BLM is founded on Marxist foundations, and then you go around and you benefit from this capitalist-wise, buy millions, you know, mansions worth millions of dollars. It's it's hypocritical. These people are grifters, man. Yes, yeah, she confirmed that she owns four homes, but said that she invested in the properties to take care of her family. She said, "I'm not renting them out in some Airbnb operation." <laughs> The way that I live my life is in direct support of people of color, right. including my black family members, first and foremost. <laughs> I have a child. I have a brother. The mon my money is not my own. I see it as my family's as well. Why don't you redistribute it amongst everyone, right? Aren't you a Marxist? The fact that right-wing media... So immediately, first of all, anybody that's talking about it is right-wing media. Trying to create hysteria around my spending is, frankly, racist and sexist, she said. BLM has been distributing its millions in donations to worthy groups fighting white supremacy, she said, including 27 million commitment to, quote, black-led organizations, not just our chapters around the country. She choked up as, as she, <laughs> she described having up, to hire security after the negative backlash. Oh, she has to hire security. Oh. Yeah, At least she could afford to. <laughs> crocodile tears. What about all the people who are getting canceled and harassed by, by these radical left-wing groups? What about Andy No? You think he can hire security? I mean, maybe he can now. His book's doing really well, so good for him. And I think this is interesting. I, I often find what people protest too much is kind of like how they reveal themselves. Yeah. She says, quote, I'm not a person interested in being all praise or all praise Patrice or all praise BLM. I'm not interested in that, right. which is basically she's saying she's interested in it. Mm -hmm. I'm interested in evolving and growing. And the only way we do that is through conflict that's generative, not conflict that furthers harm or makes it dangerous for people to live in their own homes. <laughs> 
lady, you are one of the founders of an organization that claims to care about black lives, and then you buy a multi-million dollar mansion in a mostly white neighborhood that's like 94% white. Like, you are the epitome of a hypocrite, of a contradiction, of a race hustler, of a grifter. People aren't buying it anymore. Maybe some of your loyal followers are, but it's out. The cat's out of the bag now. We see you. We see you. And this isn't going to go away. We're going to keep talking about it. And just another point, you know, like, there's, you know, crime is, is a problem in this country, and it's not just African American people who suffer. It's not just Asian people who suffer. This was, oopsies. This was a 91-year-old immigrant. Yeah, I mean, this, this story is kind of old, but a friend of ours. It's 2019 it. when it happened, but you know, he was recently convicted. This this kid's going to jail for 30 to 60 years for murdering this 91-year-old man, dousing him in gasoline, burning, and him. setting him on fire, and uh, trying to cover it up. Yeah. But and again, you know, race hate only comes from one direction. You can't be racist and against let's just, white people. Just for a moment, imagine that the races of these two individuals were reversed. Yeah. That it was a white kid who broke into and murdered, you know, a an elderly African American man and doused him in gasoline. And that set him would on be fire. all over the news. Everywhere. I didn't even hear about this until today, and this happened two years later in, in 2019. So why? Why didn't I hear about this? Right? Because look, when the victim is white like Does this, not fit the narrative. and and the and the the culprit is you know black, doesn't fit the current narrative they're trying to push. So, gets swept under the rug. Doesn't get mentioned at all. You know, where are people out there protesting? You know, in defense of this poor old man. All I right. can't. We have a few more things uh -oh. to go over, and then we will be getting out of the YouTube friendly zone. Were we talking to Elliot first? Uh, well, first, I just want to share this one more story from the post. Um, UES residents at war with New York Blood Center over HQ building plans. So there's this blood center on uh, East 67th Street. I used to walk by it all the time when I was going to work. And it was it, they, they do blood collection there. But they want to expand now. And they want to include a biosafety level three lab to study dangerous microbes. Immediately, you know, my brain goes to like, oh, they want to put this like really, you know, expensive new, you know, scientific research facility that's going to be dealing with like viruses and stuff right in the middle of the Upper East Side of New York City. That sounds like a great idea. Yeah, kind of like Wuhan. Hmm. It's just like very, very ridiculous. Yeah. So I. I encourage people to read this. I'm not going to go into too much details about it. Yeah, you can uh, make of that what you will. Right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and then, you know, uh, one of the things that we're being told is that there's no biological differences between boys and girls. Well, just, you know, a little counterpoint. Uh, FC Dallas under 15 boys squad beat the U.S. women's in a national team scrimmage. Again, this, this is an old story from 2017, but I like to bring it up because I keep seeing these arguments from people that men and women are exactly the same and there's nothing wrong with trans men competing in women's leagues. And it's like, dude, a professional soccer team of grown women was beat by a team of 15-year-old boys. Granted, they probably weren't you know, trying as hardest as they could. But still, the point stands. The point stands. It's like, yes, there is biological differences between men and women. And it doesn't mean that one is better and the other is worse. It just means that women are suited for other things that they're stronger at and that they're better at. Right? And men are suited for other things that they're stronger at and, and better at. And this is relevant wrong with that. because, you know, in the current uh, climate, there's this now move to um, ban transgender athletes from competing with the gender with which they identify. 
uh, it's happened now in Florida, Tennessee, and Alabama. But there's this big backlash. They're calling these anti-trans bills. No. They're they're saying that it's transphobic. Really, like it's it's a gross mischaracterization. And what they are is they are pro ladies. They yeah. are feminist bills. But you're a turf if you uh, believe this a trans exclusionary radical feminist. Yeah, well, really, for- it's just women who fought really hard to have their own leagues because they couldn't compete against men, right? That's that's why we have women's leagues. They fought to have their own leagues to compete against each other to see who's the best amongst women. So I, I totally understand why they are now getting upset when these trans women come in who were born biological men and start breaking all the records, start taking all the trophies, start winning everything. And that would piss me off too if I was a biological woman. Yeah, and how is that fair? It's not fair. There's nothing fair about it. And look, Joe Rogan has been roasted on this point many times, but he stood his ground and he stands by it. Personally, I think there's nothing wrong with having a trans league for trans men and for trans women. I see nothing wrong with that. If we well, have really, leagues for women, if we have leagues for men, we can problem, have leagues for trans. The problem so, with that is that there are probably aren't enough trans athletes to populate the league. That could be an issue, sure, but if it's... Which means they should probably just play with their biological gender yeah. because, you know, it's not... It's We shouldn't let people identify however they want. We should be like, okay, it's not based on how you identify. It's no, not I based mean, on your can, gender presentation. It's based on your them, biological sex. We can let them identify however they want, but, but we're like, not going to play this game of pretend to say, well, a trans woman is a woman. A trans man is a man. I'm not playing that game. Look, if you've never grown up with one of these... You don't know what it's like to be me. Our experiences are different, right? And this goes on to uh, the story of uh, Elliot Page. Oh, yes. Yeah. Elliot Page has given a you know, a very thoughtful interview with uh, Oprah Winfrey. And here, we'll just watch a small clip. What's it like to walk around in your body now? Do you feel like, you know, I think it's that, that the, the famous line, the character Max said in the L word, I want to feel whole, I want the outside of me to match the inside of me. So do you, you now feel that and what is that like to walk in that space of you? Well, it's, it's this interesting uh, dichotomy in a way where on some level it feels just like the most miraculous, amazing thing. And it also is just sort of the experience of, oh, there I am. Like, oh, there I am. And a part of me was like, oh my God, that, why was that so hard? Why? Why has society made getting to this place in my life? Because that really is what it, that's the situation we're facing. And yeah, I mean, I just was probably driving my friends crazy, like sending them profile photos of me, you know, with like posts um, having, you know, top surgery and how different I felt after that and all the space. You and I talked about this on the Zoom, just sort of the, this newfound energy because it is such a freeing, freeing experience. Full interview airs tomorrow on Apple. So that's a clip, folks. You can watch the full interview on the Apple Plus platform. Apple TV Plus, whatever it's called. Um, and jump back. Plus. Yeah. yeah, so I don't, you know, uh, frankly, I don't really care how you identify, what you wear. Um, you know, it, it doesn't really matter. But the thing is that you can't pretend that you aren't trans. Like, you know, and, and it's so bizarre, this desire to sort of 
simultaneously erase transness while embracing it. Yeah, it's, it's just, really weird. It's like not, it used to be fine to call someone like Elliot a trans man. Now it's coming to the point where it's like they demand to just be called a man. They want that trans prefix removed from it, and which I thought was the whole point. The whole point was that you had to transition in order to become more comfortable in in your body, right? But the fact that you want to equate yourself with someone like me, for example, it's just, it's not realistic. It's like they tell us to not comment on their experience, to not say that we understand what it's like to be them. And then now they're turning around and reappropriating the language to try to say that they understand what it's like to be us. And you don't. I'm sorry, Elliot, you don't. You've never had a penis. You've never had a penis. And if you've never had one, you do not understand what it's like to be someone like me. You are a trans man. I am a man. There's nothing offensive about that. I don't see anything wrong with stating that. It's just that's the reality of the situation. And vice versa, you know, for trans women, vice versa. If you never had ovaries, you don't know what it's like to menstruate, your experience is going to be different, you know. Even our childhoods are completely different, you know. You transitioned later fine but you you grew up as a girl and that means your experience inherently is different than mine because i grew up as a boy and why is that offensive i don't understand anymore dude the world's gone nuts all right so that is uh the remainder of yeah. our youtube friendly section if you want to catch the rest of the show where we start to talk about the dread virus that cannot yeah. be named a little bit more in detail and some of the stories that are related to that please 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 yeah. head on over to www.dangerousrhetoric.com also, don't forget to like, subscribe, comment on the video. It really helps. Share if yeah. you dare. Share if you are so bold. And remember, this is now available on Spotify. So you can also just listen on your phone or listen in your car or when you're running or whatever. It makes it, we try to make it as convenient and as easy as possible for people to get the whole, to get the whole show. But please go to our website and continue the episode because we're going to talk about some really interesting stuff that we can't talk about on here. So thanks for watching, guys. All right. So now... Welcome to the illicit and scary, not YouTube-friendly part of the show, uh -oh. where we where we start to really tell you what we think. Yeah. Uh, Tucker Carlson recently lambasted for coming out against mask mandates. Oh, Let's just share a few clips here. Evil first. right wing bigot. Who wear masks voluntarily outside are zealous and neurotics. If you dare to go on foot from Union Station to the Capitol, for example, in Washington without wearing a mask. Angry Biden voters will snort at you in judgment. How could you? They're saying from behind the gauze. How could you? That's the question we should be asking of them in return. The rest of us should be snorting at them first. They're the aggressors. It's our job to brush them back and restore the society we were born in. So the next time you see someone in a mask on the sidewalk or on the bike path, do not hesitate. Ask politely but firmly, would you please take off your mask? As for forcing children to wear masks outside, that should be illegal. Your response when you see children wearing masks as they play should be no different from your response to seeing someone beat a kid in Walmart. Call the police immediately. Contact Child Protective Services. Keep calling until someone arrives. What you're looking at is abuse. It's child abuse, and you are morally obligated to attempt to prevent it. Morally obligated to prevent children from wearing masks. Uh, there we yeah. go. And then immediately we have somebody, uh, you know, starting to criticize. Hold on, let me switch back to us. You know, like, the way I see this is, like, Tucker Tucker's basically calling to give some of these masked people a taste of their own freaking medicine. That's what he's saying. And I'm not saying I totally agree with him, you know. Like, personally, if you want to wear your mask outside or wherever you want to wear it, I don't care. Like, you can do that. That's your prerogative. I'm probably going to laugh at you, you know, on the inside, maybe even on the outside, depending on how funny it is. But the child thing, 
is something where I think I, I agree with him, you know, and this is why I just, I can't step back into a classroom anymore. And I used to be a substitute teacher, but I can't, you know, I had one, the old school, one of the old schools that I worked for a couple of days ago, reach out to me and, you know, told me they had a long-term position available for me. And I had to text the secretary back and tell them, you know, give them a piece of my mind and say, Hey, you know, I appreciate you reaching out to me, but I unfortunately cannot be a part of this. I refuse to get up there in front of those kids and with this thing on my face and with them with the thing on their face and to pretend that I am okay with this, that this is backed by science, that this is not you know anything more than child abuse. And that's what I told her. I said, this is child abuse to me. I said, I will not return until all the mask ma mandates and the totalitarian COVID restrictions are lifted. You know, and un until then, you know, I'm going to keep taking care of my family and doing what I have to do for myself. I can't work under those conditions and I, and I can't pretend that it's something that I'm fine with when I'm not. I think it is child abuse. I think it's messed up. It's fucked up. We should not be doing this to kids. Well, and there was a German study. I could pull it up, but I don't have it up right now. Of I think it was around 25,000 parents who were responding for their children, and something like 68% of them were reporting negative consequences, yeah. including anxiety, shortness of breath. Of course. Um, trouble f concentrating, uh, all this stuff as a, as a consequence of wearing the masks, you know, for like seven hours a day while they're at school. And it's, it's really ironic to me because, you know, here Tucker is sort of flipping the script. Yeah. You know, he's, he's do basically, you know, giving the pro mask, the, the, the pro COVID, the COVIDian cult, you know, a taste of their own medicine. This entire time we've been told what to do. You know, we've been told that harassing people with the, with ma no masks in public is it's fine. fine. It's okay. You know, that yeah. you should speak up, that you should tell them this, that you should <clears throat> tell them that. You know, he's doing the exact same thing. And all of a sudden, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's all wrong. And like, it's just so weird. It, it just shows the hypocrisy and this rule for rules for thee and not for me yeah. that it's fine when we do it. But as soon as we start doing the same thing back to, you know, the, the other side, they have this like righteous indignation yeah. and it's like, oh, well now you kind of now understand you know how where we're feels, coming from, right? Because what he describes in DC, it's the same situation in New York city. You walk around New York city, you don't have a mask on. People dirty will, looks. They'll give you the dirtiest, most disgusting looks or ever. Actually, or they'll bark at you. Wear a mask. They'll bark at you. Wear a mask. They'll whisper something under their breath and stuff. And it's just like, you know, look, fuck you, man. Seriously, fuck you. Yeah, so I, I tried to find, I wanted to share that little clip with you guys. And it took a while for me to even find it. I couldn't find the clip from actual, like, Hit Tucker's show. It was buried of beneath it was buried. layers and layers and layers of people criticizing Tucker for daring to speak, you know, his piece. And uh, even this this Forbes magazine here, uh, you know, it's coming from a very critical angle. Uh, critical angle. And uh, I, w I want you to pull up after the star. I want you to pull up that video on Seth Dillon's page <laughs> of the mask madness. It's on Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'll send you the link. Keep going. Do you mean Tim Dillon? No, Seth Dillon. Okay. Um, so yeah, so he he had this thing where he's just like. You know, whether I choose to wear a mask or have my kids wear a mask is none of your business. So, like, you know, it's funny because this is the same thing that, you know, people that don't like to wear masks have been saying. It's none of your business what I choose to do. If I choose to, to go and to go face, to, to bear my face, if I choose to, you know, not get the, the, the vaccine, you know, that's my medical choice. And nobody has a right to tell you what you must do or, or to say that you're a horrible person for, for not, you know, conforming with the, the, the high 
priest medical dogma, you know, praise be to Fauci, uh, you know, all worship his name kind of stuff. And it's funny because to see these people, these blue checks, come along and be like, he's lost his mind. He's telling his audience to harass people who wear them outside. They just have no self-awareness that this is exactly what they have been doing all along. And I, I think it's great that Tucker is flipping the script and giving people a little bit back, you know, what they... Uh, yeah, a taste of their own medicine. Yeah, taste. This is how you've been treating people who choose to not wear the mask, who choose to breathe fresh air. Outdoors at that, you know? So you said Instagram. Yeah, yeah. And Seth Dillon. He won't come up. Um, they're burying him. Seth Dillon. That's not him. They're burying. They're burying him. Oh. You have to type in B Chief. His actual um, his actual handle. B yeah, Chief. To find him. Crazy though, right? You can't even type in his name and find him because Instagram al algorithm is burying him. Go to uh, his videos. Scroll up. IGTV. Yeah, yeah. And that. This yep. One? funny our audience needs to see it hold on freaking great hold on hold on people i'm coming i'm coming okay yeah. this is the madness you're a part of <laughs> okay this is no joke this is what people are doing it's great not social distancing put your mask on get away from put me put it on stop it whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. What is going on All day. Share your smile. Z Shield wraps your face. On prend une bouchée et on remet le masque. On prend une bouchée et on remet le masque. posted this the other day and you know i wrote a comment like this is reality now and you know ask yourself are you a part of perpetuating this madness right and if you are ask yourself 
Why? Why are you such a dunce? Why are you such a coward? Stop, man. Say something about this crap. It's ridiculous. None of this shit is based on science. None of this shit is doing anything to prevent to prevent COVID. All it's doing is stripping people of their humanity and it's driving them insane. It's turning people into absolute lunatics, man. Look at this. Working out in bubbles and shit. Having concerts in bubbles. This woman swimming with her mask on. People dancing back to back at a school dance, standing six feet apart. Like, playing your flute with a mask on? None of this shit is scientific. So I don't understand why we are normalizing this as the new normal. Putting them on, on our pets and stuff. Like, Anyone who does this stuff, yeah, I think I kind of agree with Tucker at this point. Shame them, because they're idiots. And putting it on children, little Christmas lights on it, trying to make it cute and normal and okay. Shame on you people, man. Shame on you. It's disturbing. Um, and along those lines, the CDC has unveiled new mask guidance. Our great leader, uh, Fuhr Biden, has uh, <laughs> announced recently now that the CDC uh, <clears throat> unveils new guidance for fully vaccinated Americans. The new guidance is that the fully vaccinated people uh, don't have to wear a mask while they're outside. Where is it? Uh, Get that, guys. You now have permission to breathe. From yes, the everyone CDC. has permission from the CDC. If you're fully vaccinated, only only if you're yeah. fully vaccinated. If you're not, make sure you put your mask on. Walking, running, hiking, or biking outdoors alone or with members of your household is totally fine without a mask. If you're fully vaccinated, yeah. only if. Thanks for the permission. Attending small gatherings outdoors with fully vaccinated friends and family, totally fine if you're not wearing a mask. Yeah. And if you got the jab. Only if you've got the jab. Attending small outdoor gatherings with a mixture. Only if you have the jab. Only if you have the jab. Dining outdoor restaurants with friends from multiple households. Again, only if you've gotten the jab. And, you know, what's great is we've been doing all this stuff the entire time. Yeah, I've never needed permission from the CDC to not wear a mask. Traveled to multiple states. Been to protests. Been been to rallies. We were in D.C. on the 6th. You know, up against people, scrunched together. Most of the Trump supporters not wearing masks. A couple of them were. Um, why aren't we dead? <clears throat> why, aren't, why aren't we sick, you know? Where are the reports from all those Trump supporters on DC and the 6th dropping dead or getting sick yes, in record all numbers? The, all Where the alleged it? super spreader activities it? that never came to be. You know, like that alone should have told you that we're being bullshitted, man. People got bamboozled. You got lied to. And I know it's uncomfortable to admit that, but I think it's, it's, it's time now. You know, it's been over a year. Wake the fuck up. And see, what they're trying to do here is make it so that only once you've accepted the mark of the beast, I mean, the vaccine <laughs> can you you know participate yeah. in outdoor events like concerts the, parades sporting this is events. apartheid this is segregation they're trying to create a society you know where the vaccinated get certain privileges and treated certain ways and people who choose not to get the jab are treated another way and are basically bumped out of doing certain things from society and is that the type of society we want to live in and the type of society we want to create for a virus that has a 99.97 survival rate yeah they they made this like sort of convoluted chart yeah i love that said that like you know they listed the activities (laughs) and then said what was safest (laughs) less safe and least safe um basically if you were fully vaccinated see if you're fully vaccinated you're safest guys you can do anything you want you can just you know you can just do it all without a mask you're fine no problem forget any of the side effects or no you still need to wear masks if you are visiting a barber your hair salon going to a crowd of things so it just you know you still need to wear masks just like the unvaccinated but you're safer and uh, the Babylon Bee put out their own version of this where was that um, I guess go on Instagram. Their, go on their website. I don't know. You you pulled it up earlier. We were looking. Oh, I don't know what I did with it. 
Yeah, they did their own version Hold of on. this chart. I'll find it. You talk. Um, yeah, well, again, you know, let me just keep riffing on this because are you a part of this? It, it's really an important question. I think everyone should honestly ask themselves that. Are you helping to perpetuate this? And there's multiple ways you could be doing that. You know, you could either be doing some of the ridiculous shit that we just saw in this video or you could just simply be not saying anything about it. You know, you see it and you're just fine with it. You know, maybe you're a parent and you're like, well, I don't want to rock the ball. I don't really like that I have to put this thing on my kid's face. But, you know, whatever we have to do to go back to normal, like, why? Why are you allowing this to happen to your child? Why are you allowing the government to control what you do with your own kids and how it. you parent them? Yeah, look at this. <laughs> Hilarious. This how the Babylon Bee yeah. decided to satirize that yep. chart. Um, you know, basically, if you are unvaccinated and walking alone in the park, you'll die. <laughs> Hiking alone in the Antarctic, you'll die. Walking on the surface of Mars, you'll die. Uh, it's okay if you're fully vaccinated, mm -hmm. though. Being banished to the Phantom Zone. Dead. <laughs> Traveling through the land of shadow with your best friend to destroy an ancient piece of jewelry. Dead. Wait, what's what? that a reference to? Um, I'm not sure. Is that Dark Crystal? Maybe. Watching Netflix alone. Dead. Brooding in your fortress of solitude. Dead. Yeah. Hiding inside a small house inside of your regular house. Dead. Oh. Burying yourself But, in but a don't bag. forget, rioting for justice. Totally, totally safe. safe, stunning, and brave. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you wear a mask, doesn't matter if you're vaccinated or not, you know, that is totally fine. It's brave. It's, it's great, man. Keep on doing that. As long as you're not rioting and protesting in regards to the lockdowns, you know, it has to be for BLM or, you know, against Trump or something. You know, that's that's the only approved form of writing and protest and all that. Um, and then there was this story, which uh, I found was amazing. Uh, sure, darn it. I hate it when I do that. Uh, so, yeah, there was this Florida school, private school. It's And you can see how ABC covers it here. Um, but that what was interesting is that the private Florida school won't employ vaccinated teachers. Well, I was like, maybe you should have pulled up the Miami Herald version, but I doubt they portrayed it any better than this. A private school founded by an anti-vaccination activist in South Florida has warned teachers and staff against taking the COVID-19 vaccine. <laughs> Funny how they call them an anti-vax activist. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what they do. Yeah, you know, they, they, label they have you. to label you in order to make you seem crazy. Yeah, instead of just saying, you know, a Florida school founded by a principal who has actual principles yeah teachers and staff who have already taken the vaccine were told to continue to reporting school but to stay separated from students co-founder Leela Setner told employees in a letter last week that she made the policy decision with a very heavy heart she asked those who have not yet received the vaccine to wait until the end of the school year and then even recommended to holding off Setner stood by the decision Tuesday in a statement sent to the AP which featured the biologically impossible claim that unvaccinated women who have experienced miscarriages and other reproductive problems just by standing in proximity to vaccinated people so basically what they're saying is that the the concern here is that the the vaccines may be shedding or they may contain mutant strains which again we said like kind of last time yeah. this is the rumor on the internet that the this is the the, the anecdotal evidence is coming out yeah, you know, we had that story of that 13 year old girl who didn't get the vax and then her father got the vax and then and what, 10 her? days later she was dead little girl was dead and then in my own personal life my parents both were vaccinated and then had a Easter celebration with my sister yep. and her boyfriend yep. and everyone except for my mom came down with the coronavirus including my dad who was vaccinated and then he ended up getting monoclonal antibodies from the yep. hospital and my sister ended up recovering but her boyfriend is still on a still respirator, on a respirator in, hospital. in a hospital you know and it's very touch and go there's good news and bad news every other day yeah and they most likely caught it from 
his parents who got the vaccine. So, well, yeah, who knows? We like, don't know. But look, it's it's not the only case of this happening. There are not. many other cases. And you know, the, what did they say here? Who have unex uh, it's a biologically impossible claim that unvaccinated women yes. have experienced, you know, miscarriages. And, and the, again, problems. one of the things that we're seeing is a lot of women <clears throat> talking about, you know, and women who have had the vaccine, as well as women who are in proximity to people who have had the vaccine, are noticing changes in their periods. And they're also noticing that, you know, that they're having these bizarre side effects when they did not get the vaccine. Let me see if I can pull it up. But there, there was actually a Facebook group about this, you know, that was removed where there was a whole collection of women, you know, a, a lot of them posting about their experiences where, you know, women who were done, done, you know, menstruating and were in their point in their life where they're having menopause who started menstruating again, you know, things like that. There's a whole group where these women were trying to talk about their experiences and it was removed from Facebook. Let me see if I can find it. And it's funny because, you know, again, this is one of those situations where we're seeing the sort of, uh, this is the letter, by the way, from the Sentner Academy, that we're seeing the, this, where, we're, where the script is being flipped. And, you know, before it's like, you, you must have a vaccine, you must wear a mask in order to be employed, you know, X, Y, Z. But as soon as somebody else steps around and flips that around and is like, well, look, we don't want to employ you if you've had the vaccine because, you know, there are concerns, it's experimental, we don't know what's going on, all these side effects are being reported. As soon as you do that, you are immediately attacked, lambasted, labeled. Uh, you know, the, the White House even issued a statement on the situation. Uh, and basically what she said, you know, she, this is a very reasonable letter. It's a very reasonable position. It was a very eventful week that included an important meeting among our faculty and staff where we shared the difficult decision moving forward until further notice. We ask any employee who has not yet taken the experimental <coughs> injection, uh, the experimental COVID-19 injection to wait until the end of the school year. We also recommend that all faculty and staff hold off on taking the injection until there's further research available on whether this experimental drug is impacting unvaccinated individuals. Yeah. Again, there has been no science to study this. So people say, oh, there's no proof. Oh, there's no science. Well, it doesn't exist. Nobody's yeah. researching it. Um, and, and you would think that if there was something nefarious, if there was something that was being transmitted from vaccinated to unvaccinated individuals via the shots, then they would not want to talk about that because it, it opposes their entire agenda. Even though statistically we've found that there's been an, an increase in people dying from the vaccines since, when was it, December? And we talked about those numbers in one of our other episodes. But, you know, I just sent you, I just sent you a link on Facebook, you know, to about this group. Yeah, go pull that up. Uh, All see, these testimonies removed from Facebook. Thankfully, someone was screenshotting these, you know, but here's one from a Cheryl Norman Bryant, right, posted April 18th. My daughter recently had a very early miscarriage. I know this happens, but I'm reading about a high increase in miscarriages due to vaccine shedding. My family has not taken the jab, but my daughter works at a healthcare facility where most of her coworkers have. We are so concerned and scared for both of our daughters. We have so many questions. Has anyone else had this experience or anything similar? All right. Here's another, Jacqueline Rice. My father met an RN who shared her COVID vaccine story. She was two months pregnant with her first child at the age of 28. The hospital she worked for convinced her to get the COVID vaccine. After getting it, she woke up 48 hours later with a miscarriage. Vaccines seem to be leading the leading cause of coincidences. Anyone else hearing stories of vaccine-related miscarriages or fertility issues? Anyone having trouble conceiving after getting the vaccine? Again. Um, COVID-19 adverse reactions. This is the group created a group to use as a backup since we are losing these accounts daily. Right? 
Um, here's another, Christine Courtney. One week after Pfizer vaccine, a rash comes up on his chest. No pain, I guess this is her husband. No other symptoms. Picture A is one week after vaccine. Picture B is four weeks after the first vaccine and two weeks after the second vaccine. Picture C is a lump on his forehead two weeks after his second vaccine shot. Anyone seen this before? Um, Leslie Petty, if you're a female, how many of you have had your periods get all messed up since getting the vaccine? For anyone else, what about your eyesight changing? Melissa Schwartz, piss, um, sorry, I'm going to mess your name up, so I'm not going to try to say it. Thanks for the ad. I just got the Pfizer first dose. Um, March 1st. March 1st, and woke up this morning, March 2nd, menstruating, cramps and headache. I am 53 and haven't had a cycle for one year and six months. Anybody else have this happen to them? And yes, I did report this to the CDC site. Update, March 3rd, still bleeding, lightly and dark colored. Talked to my MD and she said it's highly unlikely it was due to the vaccine. It's just a regular period therapy, resetting my menopause clock. There's one year without a period. A period. One year without a period. Here's more, Sarah Beltran Ponce, MD. 14 weeks pregnant and fully vaccinated, I got the COVID vaccine to protect myself, my baby, my family, my patients, and my community. This is a nurse. When it's available to you, I encourage you to do the same, right? <clears throat> this was on January 28th. She As a continues. physician, I feel a responsibility to protect the cancer patients that I see on a daily basis, especially those who are immunocompromised from their therapies. We should be examples of social distancing, masking, and vaccination, right? But also as a human, we all have a responsibility to do what is best for our communities and for each other. So vaccines work. Now here, a new post from like her. Six days later. Six, to, yeah. Is that six? I don't see. Well, 28th. Of, yeah. This is February 4th. February 4th. So right. Same nurse who just oh, said all of that. I've always been open about my motherhood journey in medicine, and it's with a heavy heart that I tell my med Twitter family that I've suffered a miscarriage. 14 and a half weeks at 14 and a half weeks. My husband and I are devastated, but blessed to have each other and our sweet Ava, rest in peace, Angel. And it goes on. It I goes mean, on. There's so many, it like, goes on, like man. a lot of different <clears throat> things. And it's funny because you, you know, you go to PolitiFact, you go to Fact Checkers, <clears throat> women menstrual cycles and fertility are affected by being around people who have received COVID-19. False. Bullshit, man. No, bullshit. women's cycles and fertility are not being affected. They're burying these stories, man. They're lying. They're, They're lying straight to up us. Lying. And look, Brent and I are convinced they are killing people, man. They are. And remember the Georgia Guidestones? Look, I think there's something to that. And people like Bill Gates are on the record saying they believe the world is overpopulated. So why would big tech billionaires like this guy be putting so much of their money and time and research in, into these shots and to trying to convince people to get them? Why would you, in your right mind, ever take advice from someone who believes the world is overpopulated about your health? Think about this, man. It's not fucking rocket science. It should be obvious, and we shouldn't have to state this, but apparently we do. And if you state it on YouTube, they will remove this shit from YouTube. Yeah, you can't say Why? it on YouTube. You can't say it on Twitter. You can't say it on Facebook. They are censoring discussion of this, the, these informations because they, you know, they are under the impression that the vaccines are safe and effective and that they are not a vector for new variants. <clears throat> it shows here, this is a, a new study from Israel, indicates the South American variant, the coronavirus, can, quote, break through the Pfizer biotech vaccine <clears throat> to some degree. A team from Tel Aviv University uh, found the prevalence of the South American variant among patients who received both doses of the vaccine was around eight <clears throat> times higher than <clears throat> those who are unvaccinated. 
So what does that suggest? It suggests that either the shots make you particularly susceptible or that the strain is in the shots, that they are purposefully infecting people with variants so that they will spread among the population because this is what they want. They want more people infected. They want more people dead. They want to drive those numbers up because they can use that to drive the fear and mass hysteria for more people to get vaccines. And they're using all these different methods. Look, the lockdowns were another method to do this, to kill people. It increased addictions, right, and overdoses. It increased depression and suicides and it, it increased people dying from undiagnosed things like cancer and other illnesses my father had a tumor in his neck growing through the lockdowns couldn't get it looked at until last june you know and the doctor even said that if if he would have come in just a little bit later it would have been too late for him so how many other people did not get in to get their thing looked at in time and ended up just dying because they were refused treatment because they had to keep those beds empty for an influx of patients for covid that never even showed up yeah ask these questions now they they're, are they're doing people. clinical trials on children they're using children as guinea pigs because their parents are so brainwashed by the pro-covid narrative says here, two-year-old baby in Virginia dead six days after second experimental Pfizer mRNA shot. Makes me fucking angry, man. Uh, it, it's, it's infuriating. They're doing an experiment on 11,000 children as young as six months old. Moderna calls its study Kids Cove. Look, if you're a Johnson parent, Johnson and AstraZeneca are also using children as guinea pigs. These companies have no moral fiber and are driven solely by profits. That is a given. But parents are something beyond surreal. If you're a parent and you allow your child to be part of this experiment, you're not doing your job. Shame on you. You are not doing your job, man, protecting your child. Shame on you. So yeah, then uh, thanks to David T. Shout out to him for sharing these screenshots so that we could share them on the show. This is... It just it pisses me off so much. You know, on the internet, I've been saying this and I've said it a couple times. I said it on Instagram. I said it on Facebook and like, you know, look, they're censoring this information. Brent was in Twitter jail for two freaking weeks for, for just tweeting about vitamin D, right? And for tweeting about COVID and that the fact that you could use vitamin D to treat this. You're not, that's medical misinformation now. An immune system is a conspiracy. And they don't want this information out there. Why? You have to ask yourself that. And I've said it multiple times. I'm going to say it again right now in the air. We are not going to shut up about this. We will not allow ourselves to be silent. The only way you are going to silence people like Brent and I is if you literally bind us, put us up against the wall, and put a bullet in our head. Because we're not going to shut up. We're not going to stop. Yeah. You can ban us here. You can ban us there. We're going to find another way. We'll, we'll post wherever the hell else we have to post this stuff. You know, We'll find a way to get the information out there. But we're not going to stop. This is too serious, man. This is not a freaking game to us. Um, and just a reminder, you know, yeah. people... Fiora Fauci uses vitamin D and C. Yeah, he said during an interview with Jennifer Carner Last after September. being asked that Fauci said most other immune-boosting claims are quote-unquote useless. There's little evidence su- to support that supplements make much difference in preventing Ill- illness. However, he said that he takes vitamin D and C supplements to keep a healthy immune system. Yeah. So you can see here, Fauci is holding these two separate ideas yeah. in his mind at the yep. same time. Like when somebody contradicts themselves like that, it's it they're lying to you. Yeah. They're trying to distort, they're trying to manipulate. And this was only something he said when asked. He you had know. to be asked about it. Months of lockdown and he didn't even mention vitamin C or D until freaking Jennifer Garner asked him about this shit in an interview. Like, seriously, think about that. You think these these people like Fauci don't know the science behind these vitamins and the fact that they actually do work? They are keeping that information from people on purpose. And I don't know if it's, 
him deciding that or if there's someone else he works for who's telling him to not talk about this stuff but clearly they know about it right and clearly they're using it themselves so ask yourself why haven't you heard about it why aren't you being told to use it right and why did it take Fauci months and months to say anything about it and only when he was asked um, and the last thing I want to get into today folks is the situation in India and Turkey these are now being blown up yep in order to drive propaganda hysteria more lies um, and it's funny because India's health ambassador died one day after taking a COVID vaccine. You know, it, it was just kind of ridiculous because this guy was encouraging everybody to get it. He yep. got it, and then he was dead the and next then day. And he was dead. Look at that. Can we post about that on YouTube? No. Probably not. Can't talk about it. Nope. And then also, this was kind of weird. Um, they took this picture, which was an old picture from um, a gas leak yeah. where somebody was passed out. And they, you know, this is from the New York Post. They, they used it. In a story about covid you know messing messing with people and the new york post should know better man i mean they've actually been pretty okay when it comes to covering certain things that other you know other newspapers and stuff aren't even talking about so how did this one slip on your radar unless this is just another deliberate bullshit story that they're trying to use to get clicks and hype and all that stuff but yeah that picture is floating around on the internet and i've seen you know people sharing stories about you know covid increasing in india and you know people are dying everywhere and meanwhile the picture they're using for their story is an old picture from a year ago that has nothing to do with covid at all like this is how these media companies you know operate and again a shout out to my friend uh Mike Serrano, who pointed this out to me the other day and, uh, you know, Looks tagged like they, me and they posted that picture, picture from the so story. Shout out to Mike. We appreciate your support. And shout out to his brother, Kevin. We appreciate your support, too, man. Like, we see you guys and, you know, it means a lot to us. Thanks. It looks like they pulled the picture from the story. Yeah. Well, because it was probably pointed out to them by multiple people. Like, uh, uh, hello, guys, what are you doing? And But, you know, how many of these other news organizations didn't even freaking bother? Like, the New York Post seems to still have some credibility thankfully but you know i yeah <sighs> so that's where it's at folks yeah. we're gonna call it there because we're about an hour and a half this stuff is exhausting to talk about you know and and we do our best to try to make this information palatable and you know something that's easier for people to listen to but we spent hours and hours sifting through this stuff reading different stories comparing contrasting connecting the dots and we know it takes a, a particular type of person to do that and we know not everyone has the time or the mental fortitude to do it all the time so we're doing it for you and it is exhausting Matt it is tiring to us but we appreciate the people who watch the show we appreciate the people who are sharing the videos who are subscribing you know following the Instagram all that stuff going on the website you know, it makes it worth it, even if, if one person watches the show and thinks about these things in, in a different way, in a more open-minded way. Let's just give a shout-out right now to the U.S. Postal Service, yeah. who's probably listening to the probably show. Probably listening to the show. And <laughs> the, the FBI. The FBI, you know, the DHS. The CIA. Shout-out to all you guys. You know, I was talking to my grandma the other day, uh, yesterday, and she told me that, you know, every time I talked to her on the phone, she said there, there's this weird noise that comes up on the background. Creepy. Yeah, and... <laughs> You know, she said it only happens when she talks to me. So I find that really interesting. Um, I'm not going to say I know if someone's tapping the line or not, but I suspect they are. I, I suspect Brent and I are on some kind of list somewhere. So the Stalkers. FBI, you're out there, you're watching the show, you're stalking us. Hey, 
What's up? We you see know? you. You don't have a warrant, so we're not answering any fucking questions. You guys can go fuck yourselves, freaking Dishtapo. Thanks for giving us a listen. Thanks for giving us a listen. And we'll be back again soon with another video. We might take a little break because we're going to be doing some traveling. Yep. And we're going to be interviewing some people, and yep. the show's going to have a little bit of a different form. So keep, you know, keep your ears to the ground. As soon as we have that material up, it will be up and available. And again, thank you so much. We I'm appreciate Dan. it. We love you. I'm Brent. Take care. Bye-bye.